This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Amen. I invite you to turn in a Bible to Psalm 81, and there's black Bibles there in the... uh, in the chairs if you don't have one and just take that home as a gift. As you're turning to Psalm 81, I want to ask you, did you ever have a teacher whose voice just got on your last nerve? It's just like fourth period, here he comes, you know. Sixth period, here she comes. My senior year English teacher reached out to my mom to ask her if I had narcolepsy. Narcolepsy is this condition that you just fall asleep anywhere, anytime, any, you know. And I fell asleep. His voice was like so boring that I would fall asleep so regularly that he thought I had narcolepsy. Well, the truth is I had straight A's in his class. So my mom, like, we were, he, was, he was friends with the family. And she said, well, if he's falling asleep every day and still making straight A's, it sounds like you might ought to make your class a little more difficult. Do you have those teachers? whose voice just, you know, it's like you just don't want to hear. This morning, we're going to see in Psalm 81 four compelling reasons why we ought to listen to God's voice. We're kicking off the new year in a sermon series called Taste and See, and that comes from Psalm 34, verse 8, Taste and See that the Lord is Good. And all through the scriptures, we have these images and these invitations to experience God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen to the Lord. Isaiah said he saw the Lord. So there's all these appeals to God's people to engage with God with all our senses. And God's wanting to invite us into such a rich and personal relationship that he uses all these images like taste, listen, see, in hopes that we would enjoy God, in hopes that we would love our experience in knowing God, and indeed, in hopes that we would delight in God. Psalm 81 was a, it was a psalm that was written uh, for the Feast of Trumpets. And the Feast of Trumpets came on the first day of the seven months for God's people, Israel. And when you're reading through the scripture and you see God addressing Israel, today, if you're a follower of Christ, if you're part of the bride of Christ, if you're part of the church of Jesus Christ today, then when you read God addressing Israel, you should hear him addressing you. We're God's people. And so Psalm 81 was written for God's people uh, in the the feast of the temple, rather in 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 the feast of the trumpets. This was to prepare the way for the feast of atonement, which then led to the feast of tabernacles. They had this this wonderful ritual that they would go through to worship the living God. And in verses 1 through 3, what we see here uh, is a call to praise. And then in verses 4 through 7, we see the cause for praise. And then in verse 8, the psalmist begins to give like a little mini sermon. He gives like a little mini homily uh, picking up in verse 8. So we're going to read the whole chapter, and then we're going to focus on verses 8 through the rest of the chapter. So follow along as I read Psalm 81. Sing aloud to God. Here's the call of praise. 
Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song. Sound the tambourine, the sweet lyre and the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast day. For it is, here comes the cause for praise. For it is a statute for Israel, a rule of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a language I had not known. I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you in the waters of Meribah. He's recounting the cause for praise was God's redemptive work in the life of his people. And then in verse 8, he gives this mini-sermon. Look at it with me. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you, O Israel, if you would but listen to me, there shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me. That Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him and their fate would last forever. But he would feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock I will satisfy you. Would you pray with me? Father, speak to us personally from your sacred scriptures by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we have a lot of reasons why we don't want to listen to our English teacher that puts us to sleep. But in this text, we see four compelling reasons why we ought to listen to God. While we ought to listen to God, while we ought to tune our hearts to God's heart, while we ought to make time in our days to open up the sacred scriptures and hear the living God speak to us. And the first reason that we see in our text is just simply this. God longs for us to listen to him. God longs for us to listen to him. God longs for you to listen to him. Look at this with me in verse 8 through 10. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you. O Israel, if you would but listen to me. Do you hear the heart of God? He says, oh, that you would listen to me. We listen to all kinds of things, don't we? We listen to our favorite songs. We listen to podcasts. We listen to our boss. We listen to teachers. We listen to our family. We listen to all kinds of things. And God's saying, oh, that you would listen to me. That you would listen to me. He longs for us to listen to him. Look at verse 9. There shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. It's interesting, isn't it, that, that one of the reasons why God wanted Israel to listen to him is so that he could address their idolatry. And perhaps it was their idolatry that kept them from wanting to listen to God. Perhaps that's one of the reasons that keeps us from wanting to listen to God is that we know if we listen to God, if we spend time in God's presence, he's going to shine his light of love on sin in our life that he wants us to repent of, and we just are hanging on to it too tightly, and we don't want to let it go. Sometimes that's why we don't listen to God. He says, verse 10, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. 
Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. In other words, listening to God, he's saying he longs for us to listen to him so much that he rescues us out of slavery. He acts in redemptive acts of love in order to have a close relationship with us. He did this for Israel. They were in bondage in Egypt to slavery. They were crying out to God, have you forgotten us? He heard their cry and he rescued them out of slavery. So he's saying, listening to me is a response to your salvation. Well, today we're, we find ourselves in the, same, in the same boat that Israel found themselves in, in a way. God has loved us so much that he sent Jesus to rescue us out of our slavery to sin. In the same way that he rescued Israel out of their slavery in bondage to the Egyptians, he's rescued us out of our bondage to sin. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, to rise from the dead, to give us eternal life, to fill us with his spirit so that we can experience freedom. Freedom from condemnation, freedom from judgment, and freedom from the bondage of sin on our life. So why should we listen to God? Well, he longs for us to listen to him, and he longs for us to listen to him so much that he sent his son to die in our place. That's how, that's how much God wants a relationship with you and me, is that he sent his son to make a way for us to be able to hear his voice. Amazing, isn't it? The greatest love that anyone will ever know. God longs for us to listen to him, but not only that, not listening to God is dangerous. Have you ever considered that? Not listening to God is dangerous? Look at verses 11 and 12 with me. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. I mean, just pause there. This was, his, this was Israel's problem over and over and over again. God would act in these loving, redemptive ways in their life, and then they would forget him and go off and do their own thing over and over and over again. And here's another instance where Asaph, the, the psalmist, is saying, Israel would not listen to me. Here's the reality, is that you and I have a choice. In 2024, tomorrow morning, if we wake up with breath in our lungs, we have a choice to listen to God or to not listen to him. In, in church, I want you to know it's dangerous to not listen to God. Look at the rest of this with me. Verse 11, he says, but my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. It, we, we so pridefully and so arrogantly think we can just go on our merry way with no consequences. Listen, when, when you harden your heart before God, when you turn a deaf ear to his voice, you can't just snap things back into a soft heart. Time and time again, the scripture says, God says to his people, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. What the Lord is saying is that you could harden your heart over and over and over again to where you can't hear his voice. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to just go on your merry way and not listen to God. So, what's, so what should we do? Listen to him. You should carve out time to open up the sacred scriptures and say, God, I love you because you've loved me, and I want to hear from you, so I'm going to listen to you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. God longs for us to listen to him, and not listening to him is dangerous. But here's a good one. Listening to God welcomes God's protection. Look at verses 13 through 15 with me. Oh, that my people would listen to me. You hear his heart? You hear how much God longs for a close relationship with you? 
Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. What what would God do? Look at verse 14. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. So Israel all the time had countries coming against them, wanting to overtake them. And salvation for Israel in the Old Testament was often victory over their enemies, freedom from their enemies. Salvation for us also is victory from our enemies. We just have a greater enemy than an army coming against us. Death is our greatest enemy. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 that we have three clear enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And God says, when you listen to me, Israel, I'm going to protect you from their enemies. He goes on, look at verse 15. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him and their fate would last forever. In other words, God's protection of his people is definitive when we listen to him. So when we carve out time in our life to listen to the Lord, we're empowered by his spirit to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. What do I mean by the world? What's the system and the values of the world? It's the way the world thinks which we're so tempted to think that way. It's, it's just a system, a value system of the world. It pulls at us, it allures us, it, it whispers to us, and we're so tempted to think that way. But when we listen to God, we're able to overcome the ways of the world. Not only that, we're able to overcome the devil. The, temp, the tempting allure of the devil, the world, the devil, and the flesh. John Owen once said, the great Puritan, he said, We must always be killing sin or sin will be killing us. So we've got the flesh that's an enemy of ours. That old man, that old tempting nature that just keeps tugging at us. Well, how do we overcome those enemies? It's by listening to God. It's by listening to God. It's how Jesus overcame the devil in the wilderness. The devil sought to twist scripture and Jesus in the face of the devil quotes scripture. It was listening to the Father that empowered Jesus to put to death the deeds of the devil, the temptation of the devil. Friends, do you want protection in the new year? Listen to God. Listen to God. You don't have to be afraid. You listen to God, and he'll protect us. And finally, listening to God leads to our satisfaction. I love this. Look at verses 10, the second part of verse 10. We'll just read the whole thing. He says, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. You know the image that comes to my mind when I read that immediately? It's a baby bird. You know, it's a baby bird coming back to the nest after the the mother bird has, like, made, made itself exposed to danger, going to get food, comes back, and the baby bird just sits there. Who's the hero? The mother bird is. What's the invitation? Open your mouth wide. I'll fill it. Don't you love that the scripture says open your mouth wide? Don't you love that? You're like, pastor, I'll love it if you tell me why to love it. Like, I don't know. Should I love that? That He says open your mouth wide? Why should I open my? It's, It's an image of opening your heart. And it's because God has so much he wants to pour into your life. It's because God has so much he wants to reveal to you. It's because God has so much love. You know, Zephaniah, the prophet Zephaniah says, he rejoices over us with singing. So we've got to quiet ourselves and be still and listen to the Lord's voice. And when we do, we hear a song from the Father rejoicing over us. Open your mouth wide, like get it open wide so you don't miss a thing God wants to give you. 
You don't miss a thing he wants to deposit. Open it wide. I love that. He'll, and he'll fill it. That's not all we see. Look at verse 16. But he would feed you with the finest of wheat. He'll feed you if you listen to him. He'll nourish your soul. He'll nourish you. Every, every, now, every now and then people, you know, people will say, well, I don't feel fed. I don't feel fed here. Can I, can I just say, God your Father will feed you with the finest of wheat. <laughs> if your pastor goes through a slump, you know what I mean? <laughs> he goes through a slump. You know how baseball players go through slumps? You know? They're like 0 for 8. You know what I'm talking about? Is it like they just can't put the bat on the ball, you know? If you're, pa- if you're pastor, you're like, he's 0 for 10. It's been 10 weeks since we've heard a good one. It's okay. It's okay. Really. Why? Because you don't have to have me to feed you. The Father will feed you with the finest of wheat. You know, one wise man once said that the mature are easily edified. What does that mean? That means you're able to come in with such a mature heart, so determined that if the sermon is lousy, you know how to soak up a crumb to nourish your heart. In other words, it it doesn't take a mountain of a sermon to feed you. You're, You're able to get fed on the smallest morsel. That's maturity, friends. That's maturity. It's it's immaturity that's a consumerism to say. Say, I go here because I get fed. Oh, listen, if you think you're getting fed here, spend time with the Father. (laughs) He will feed you with the finest of wheat. And then look at the rest of the verse. And with honey from the rock, I will satisfy you. You know, we all long to be satisfied. And it's tricky, isn't it? Because we think, am I supposed to put to death the desire to be satisfied? I mean, like Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you have to deny yourself. So I want to be satisfied. Am I supposed to deny myself that longing to being satisfied? No, because Jesus also said, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. You'll be satisfied. You'll have joy. So so the very motivation that Jesus gives to dying to yourself is satisfying yourself. Die to yourself, that's where you taste life. Die to yourself, that's where you take hold of life. Die to yourself, that's where you enjoy and experience life. So Jesus' motivation to put our selfish desires to death is actually to find satisfaction. So no, you don't have to put that longing to be satisfied to death. You just have to listen really closely to what God is saying where you find it. And you don't find it in success, and you don't find it in money, and you don't find it in power, and you don't find it in relationships with people. He will satisfy you with honey from the rock. You ever seen honey flowing out of a rock? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> no, like honey comes out of like the, the beehive, right? Honey comes out of like the honeycomb, right? Like that's where honey comes from. So what does the psalmist mean when he says, I'll satisfy you with honey from the rock? Here's what he means, is that God will step into your life in the most unlikely season, in the most unlikely way, in the most unlikely circumstances, and still satisfy you. In, in other words, when the whole deck is stacked against you, God will step in and he'll satisfy your heart. When nobody else is paying any attention, God will step in and he'll satisfy. Like honey coming out of a rock. 
unexpected place, barren place. Honey doesn't flow out of a rock, but it does when God is your father. Satisfies your soul. When everything seems to be going wrong, he'll satisfy you. The satisfaction of our soul is not found in beautiful circumstances. Come on, somebody. The satisfaction of your soul is not found in in all the stars aligning for you. That's not where satisfaction is found. It's found like honey from a rock coming from the Father. When? When you listen to him. Some of you look back on 2023 and you're like, man, good riddance. (laughs) Good riddance. Because of this and because of that and because of this and because of that. How well was your listening to the Father in 2023? How well was your listening to the Father? When you listen to him, satisfaction comes. So some of you are like, Pastor, my mouth is open wide. Help me to listen. I got it. I want to listen. Four compelling reasons right out of the psalm. I want to listen to God. Help me listen. The first thing you got to do is decide. Decide. You've got a choice and I have a choice tomorrow morning to get up a little earlier, to carve out some time to open up the sacred scriptures and to hear the voice of God speaking to us. To hear the, you, you have to decide. There's a godly man sitting on the second row here uh, in the first service who lived many of his adult years addicted to alcohol, and his testimony is, is that one day he just decided to stop drinking. It doesn't work that way for everybody with alcohol, but for this particular man, he just decided and he stopped drinking. Hallelujah, it no longer held a hold on him. Today, you can decide to listen to God. You can decide. Today, you can say, no longer am I going to flirt with Jesus, I'm going to follow Jesus. No longer am I going to try to work Jesus into my schedule, I'm going to build my schedule around my time of listening to Jesus. Are you getting a little vision for the new year, friends? Are you beginning to see what things could be like? You've got to decide. Nobody else can decide for you to listen to Jesus. Some of you teenagers and some of you kids in this place, listen, God has blessed you richly in bringing you up in the family that you're in, but your family can't decide for you to listen to Jesus. Only you can decide that. You're blessed because you're in proximity, you know? It's like you can hear the music playing like through the wall. But have you heard the Lord singing his love song over you to your heart? You can. Decide today. You're going to start listening to the voice of the Lord through the sacred scriptures every day. Next thing is set a time and place. Set a time and place. You know, when I really want to meet with somebody, I put it on my calendar. I set a time and I set a place. I, I, I don't say, hey, I'll meet you at three and then not set a place. Like, why? It's like, good luck finding them, right? Like, set a time and set a place. Make it important enough that you set a time and you set a place. I mean, that waking early, carving out time, whatever you've got to do, set a time and place, and then eliminate distractions. This is just like practical, helpful tools to listen to God, eliminate distractions. I get so excited when people tell me that they listen to the Bible on the, on the car, in the car on the way to work, and that's wonderful. I encourage you to keep doing that, but can I just tell you that that exposes you to massive distractions, right? Crazy drivers, traffic, right? All the things. Am I late for work? Right? All the distractions. So keep listening to the Bible on the way to work, 
But you've got to find a time and a place where you eliminate distractions, where you turn the phone off. If you just have it silenced, you're going to hear it buzzing, distracted. If you're in the car, great. You're listening to God's word. Here comes a crazy driver, distracted. It's got to be so important to you that you find a time, you find a place, you eliminate distractions. Listen, for parents with little kids, this is hard, isn't it? How worth it is it hearing the, the love song of the Lord being sung over you? Talk to your spouse and say, hey, in, in the morning, can you take the kids so I can listen to the Lord? And in the evening, can I take the kids so you can like Secure the time and place and eliminate distractions so you can hear his voice. And then finally, don't quit. Don't quit. Here's, here, here's where so many of us get derailed. It's like, I'm going to do it this year. That sermon just fired me up. I'm going to listen to the voice. Protect me from my enemy. Satisfy my soul. Like honey from the rock, I'm going to do it. And then Thursday just derails it all. The boss asks you to work late on Wednesday, and you're tired, and you oversleep, and Friday comes in, and you're like, man, Friday's for me. I'm just doing my thing. Saturday rolls in. Next thing you know, you, like, you've missed three days of listening to his voice. Ah, this happens every year. I'm not going to keep trying to do this. This happens every, every time I try to build a rhythm, every time I try to, to build some sort of discipline in my life, it always gets derailed. I'm just going to quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. What does it look like? Well, it looks like something derailing your time with the Lord. And your time's going to get derailed like every month. Something's going to derail it, Right? Next thing you know, you're going to be a whole week. You haven't listened to the voice of the Lord. You can tell it, and everybody around you can tell it, right? So what happens? Monday morning, back at it. Lord, I, had, I haven't heard from you in a week, but I love you so much because you love me so much. I long to hear your voice, and you long to speak to me. So here I am again. Here I am again. That's what it looks like to not quit. Not quitting is not missing a few days. Not quitting is when you miss a few days, you get back at it. You return to the Lord. You remember the, you remember the old story about the old man and the old wife married 60 years, driving down the road in his old truck? And she, she looks over at him and says, we don't, we don't sit close like we used to. I haven't moved. <laughs> you ever heard that one? Come on back over. Come on back over. Listen, the Lord's love for you has not moved. The Lord's longing to be in a close relationship with you has not changed. The Lord's passionate commitment for your good is rock solid. Come on back over. Come on back over. That's what you do when you miss a day. That's what you do when you miss a week. That's what you do when you miss a month. Friends, listen. Some of you, you missed all of 2023. And some of you, maybe here today, you've missed your whole life of hearing the voice of God. Today, that can change. Turn to God away from your sin. Trust in Jesus as the pathway to a relationship with God. Jesus said, I'm the gate. You can enter in through me. Jesus said, I'm the door. You can come to the Father through me. In John 14, 6, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So trust in Jesus today and let us know about it. Let us know on the back of that card. We'll pray for you. We'll follow up. We'll connect with you. But, but church, 
come on back over and sit at his feet, listen to his voice, and be satisfied with honey from the rock. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we confess we don't understand how much you love us, but we thank you for it. We just cannot fathom the depth and the wonders of your love, but we sit under the waterfall of your love this this first Sunday of the new year, and we say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Pour out your love upon us, O God. Lord, let us draw near to you and experience that promise from the book of James that you draw near to us. We pray for the glory of his name and in Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's stand. Let's sing out. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.